It was Benjamin Franklin who said, Out of adversity comes opportunity. Well, the Ducks are facing adversity right now. Cue the music. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this special Saturday edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade, and this show was brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are just around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. So the reason we're having this special Saturday episode is we didn't have a couple shows earlier in the week, and Friday's game was just too bonkers to leave until Monday. Plus, we've got a slew of other things to talk about still partially relating to the last couple of shows. But we'll get to that later on in this podcast. You know I'm going to talk about the youths once again. But first, let's talk about what the heck happened in last night's game at the Ponda. The Calgary Flames came to town looking to exact a little bit of revenge. Why revenge? Well, look what happened earlier this season. The Ducks came into the Saddle Dome and beat them in overtime. Remember that Jamie Drysdale overtime game winner? Yeah, that was a couple of months ago. Calgary certainly did not forget that. Especially the likes of, I don't know, maybe a Matt Kachuk. Yeah, Kachuk didn't forget. Mangiapane didn't forget. In fact, none of those guys forgot how they felt thinking... Really? The Ducks beat us? The lowly Ducks? Yes, that's what some of them were thinking, believe it or not. So let's get right into the action. First period. Even though there was no score, there was a lot of action on both sides because this one was all about not necessarily the goaltending, but it was about, you ready for this? The posts. The posts were the story in that first period because the Ducks got multiple posts. I mean, yes, so did the Flames, but the Ducks, they had at least three posts by my count in that first period, including one from Cam Fowler, which was just off the goalpost. And hey, even Calgary had one. I mentioned that Calgary had a post. It was Noah Hannafin, I think, who had a goalpost as well. But the one that really hurt, as far as I was concerned, was the one that was just off the post. It was a nice little wrist shot by Adam Henrique. Uncle Rico, with about two and a half minutes left in the first period, clanged one right off the post. I thought that one was going in. Oh, by the way, as I predicted, it was not Markstrom who got the start. It was, in fact, the Calgary backup goaltender. Yeah, it was Dan Vladar, who I did mention had a pristine save percentage. That number was knocked just a little bit on Friday night. But nonetheless, he was saved by the post multiple times on Friday night. In fact, Calgary was lucky that there was no score at the end of 20 minutes. The second period, as my colleagues would say, the game got drunk. 
the game just got very wacky in the second period because it became very high-paced. Sonny Milano scored his sixth of the season. The kid line does it once again. That tandem of Milano and Zegras are doing damage across the league, and they did so, making it 1-0. And then Calgary's like, we're going to rattle off three consecutive goals. Blake Coleman, Elias Lindholm, Sean Monaghan. The big, big question mark about those goals against. Who was responsible? Well, Hampus Lindholm did not have the best of games. He was partially responsible for that. Jamie Drysdale partially missed one assignment, but he was kind of left out to dry, trying to make up for his line mate, who at one of those goals was Hampus Lindholm. So it wasn't exactly Jamie Drysdale's fault. In fact, Drysdale still had a pretty decent game, as far as I was concerned. Cam Fowler, he had an okay game, and so did Josh Manson. I mean, all the defensemen could have stepped it up a little by little, at certain points of the game. Giving up those three goals consecutively, the Ducks could have just folded and said, oh, we're done. And for about three or four minutes, the Ducks looked a little bit despondent. It almost felt like maybe the Ducks are having this one slip away from them. Especially after a big win against Vegas the other night, it felt at the time like this is how they're going to lose. But hey, look what happened. Ricky, Ricard Raquel, got his eighth of the season on a filthy pass from Isaac Lundestrom. That one, Lundestrom got from about the the red line. Dished it to a pretty open Ricard Raquel. And he potted that one away with about 35 and a half seconds left. That made it 3-2 Calgary. And that gave the Ducks a little bit of hope. But they needed that hope. Because... Around the middle of the second period, Adam Henrique left the game with an apparent injury. What happened was at the end of the first period, he got drilled, absolutely manhandled by former Anaheim Duck Eric Goodbranson. And while Henrique did go to the locker room under his own power, he was not in the best of shape. He did play three or four shifts. Actually, if I look very carefully here after that, uh, he looked like he played, if I can do the count really quick, he played four shifts. Four shifts after he got drilled by Goodbranson, and he was still skating under his power. He was out there on the goal against, where it was, I believe it was the Sean Monaghan goal, where he finally said, yeah, I got to get out of the game. I'm not helping the team at all. So that was a minus on Henrik. After the Monaghan goal, Henrik left the bench area, went to the locker room. The good news, he at least went into the locker room under his own power. So that's okay. It was later revealed in the third period that Adam Henrik had suffered some kind of minor injury and he was unavailable for the rest of the game. So a big blow for the Ducks because they've now lost Adam Henrik and Ryan Getzloff. So Troy Terry was kind of wondering, well, who am I going to go out there with? It was Troy Terry out there with Sam Steele and Ricard Raquel. So we saw some double shifting again. Trevor Zegris, he was double shifting a tad. Isaac Lundestrom, he was double shifting a lot in the third period. In fact, he was kind of getting a little bit gassed towards the end of the game. But nonetheless... 
the Anaheim Ducks, went through adversity. And they came back, took the opportunity on a power play. And Vinny Letary, my cousin Vinny, put that one away on some nice feeds from Jamie Drysdale and Trevor Zegras to tie things up at three goals apiece. It would remain tied at three, heading into overtime. That overtime turned out to be a real back and forth between both teams. And we'll talk about what happened in overtime and the shootout, spoiler alert, after I talk about Omaha Steaks. And yes, the holidays are just around the corner and finding the perfect gift is super tricky. So Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. And I'm a runner. I love my meat. I love my steak. I've tried Omaha Steaks and it was delectable. It was mouth-watering. It was delicious, decadent, whatever other adjectives you could possibly use for a perfect piece of steak. That's it. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package for $99.99. You'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignon, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. And you heard me right. Bacon-wrapped filet mignons. Oh, that sounds good. When you use code NHL, you'll also get an additional 8 Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you'll get 8 free burgers when entering the code NHL. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com, keyword NHL. We're going to talk about the end of this game and we're going to talk injuries on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And once again, this is a special Saturday edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. We're still talking about last night's wild affair at the Ponda. And I kind of left a little bit of a, a little cliffhanger, as it were, for those that did not watch the game. Well, here's how it ended. It went into overtime, and that overtime session was a little bit crazy in that there was a lot of back and forth, and there was a couple of very good shots towards the end. The attempts by the Ducks, I thought, were probably their best. Troy Terry had a terrific, terrific wrist shot that just missed the net by maybe a foot, if that. And then you had a really good shot on goal, this was by Ricard Raquel. And this is kind of a long shot, but the Ducks, for the majority of overtime, they had possession. They had the majority of the scoring chances. They actually had more shot attempts in overtime by a count of 4-2. to two. And one of those was of the high danger variety, and that was the Troy Terry shot that I just talked about. He darn near could have ended the game in overtime and gotten that second point if it had just not been wide of the net. And I wouldn't say this was a point-blank shot. This was maybe about 14, 15 feet away. 
it wasn't that far from the net. If he had just aimed a little bit closer to the goal, he would have gotten a very high-quality shot on goal. As it was, it went to a shootout. And the shootout was... It, it was short. Trevor Zegers tried to pull the string once again. But... Guess who stopped him? Yeah, sorry to say this. It was the Calgary Flames backup goaltender. Yeah, sorry, Dan Vladar. He got the save in the shootout. And then, on the shootout, it was Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny B. Good had a wicked wrister from kind of a long distance. And that one went in, making it one nothing. Kevin Shattenkirk, he tried a wrist shot. That was off. And then Matt Kachuk won the game on what can be described as pure filth. Good lord, that was filthy. Let me explain this. Kachuk went one way, faked right, went to his left, and reaching over with his right hand, got the puck on his stick, and that was the game-winning shootout goal. This was just an absolutely filthy goal. The Flames won the shootout 2 nothing. They won the game by a score of 4-3. to Man, that was filthy. He was really pulling a page out of the Peter Forsberg book there. Yes, for those of you of a certain age, you might remember that Peter Forsberg pulled this very move at least a couple of decades ago, and this was just nasty. Poor John Gibson was left high and dry. John Gibson made the right move by going to his right, but it was Matt Kachuk who faked him out and reached around with his long stick with his right hand and barely got it past John Gibson. I'll admit, even I was shaking my head going, dang, just dang, man, I hate that guy. (laughs) Like, I I hate that guy in a sense that, man, he beat the Ducks again. But it was a filthy goal, so I have to give credit where credit is due. It was a nice goal. John Gibson was left high and dry. The Ducks did get a point against a very, very good Calgary Flames team. And the Ducks are still in third place in the division. They're still looking very good in the standings. They have 30 points. You know how many teams have 30 points in the league? Maybe 10. And that's it. And only four of them are in the Western Conference. Minnesota has 33. Calgary, 35. The Calgary Flames lead the Western Conference. Then you have the Edmonton Oilers at 32. And the Ducks are right there at 30. The Ducks are right there. 25 games in and the Ducks are still right there. I know several people are waiting for the Ducks to fall off. They have not fallen off and frankly... I don't know if they're going to fall off, to be completely honest. The one reason why they might fall off is because of injuries. So I talked about Adam Henrique, who did leave the game with a lower body injury. Here's a fun little stat to take with you to the water cooler on Monday. So right now, Adam Henrique is tied for a league lead in one category. You ready for this? He leads the league in shots, missed shots, That hit the post. He's tied with Oliver Bjorkstrand of the Columbus Blue Jackets, formerly a teammate of Sonny Milano, and Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
Adam Henrique, Bjork Strand, and Austin Matthews are tied with the league lead with five shots that hit the post. <laughs> what kind of a bizarre stat is that? But there you go. There's your weird stat for the day. Adam Henrique, five post shots. Oh, geez, if only that one had gone in in the first period, the Ducks probably would have won in regulation. But, you know, it is what it is. The puck luck doesn't always go your way. It's hockey. That happens. That absolutely happens. So one more note about missing players, and this is going to be important to point out. Adam Henrique is listed as day-to-day, so we don't know if he's going to come back right away. The good sign is he did skate off under his own power. The more concerning injury is to Ryan Getzloff, who was right now not day-to-day, but week-to-week. The only encouraging news is that Ryan Getzloff is going to go with the team on this road trip. In fact, the Ducks are probably leaving as we speak. They are due to land around the Washington, D.C. area sometime Saturday night. So the Ducks took an early flight out there. They figure, you know what, we're going to get into town early. And good for some of the younger Ducks that have never been to Washington, D.C. And there are a handful of Ducks that have more than likely never been to Washington, D.C., So if nothing else, it'll give them a terrific opportunity to do a little bit of sightseeing, maybe get some good content out there. Why not? But let's talk about the importance of Henrik and Getzloff. Adam Henrik right now has a game score total out of all his games of 19.20. Ryan Getzloff, 15.87. They're among the team leaders in that category. And this is thanks to Hockey Stat Cards who do a tremendous job putting out these game cards after the game. Ryan Getzloff has a game score average of .69, which is quite nice. But here's the fun stat. Their individual expected goals. Adam Henrique has six goals this season. His individual expected goals is 9.17. He should have nine goals this season. Gee, I wonder if part of that is because of all those posts he's hit. You see how this connects here? There's a, I, I prepared for this. His individual expected goals, once again, are 3.17 greater than the actual goals he scored. Oh, but Ryan Getzloff is right there. Ryan Getzloff's individual expected goals is 4.32. So he's 3.32 goals, expected goals above his actual amount of goals, which is still at 1%. That was the El Capitan game, part dos. <laughs> so when you have a combined 6.5 expected goals that are above expected, then you're missing two key players, especially for the latter part of that game, where you absolutely could have used Getzloff and Henrique to help out poor Troy Terry. Poor Terry. He looked a little bit lost at times. I know he's got to hate this injury bug that's plagued his line. Hopefully, Adam Henrique will at least play for the majority of this coming road trip. And hopefully, Ryan Gesloff will come back sooner rather than later. I cannot equate how much. And giving those stats are part of it. There's a reason I say that the Ducks are going to have it a little bit tough without Ryan Gesloff. And some of those little fun fancy stats 
are partially why. So take with that what you will. But like I said, through adversity comes opportunity. This is a good opportunity for players like Sam Steele to really come through. And Sam Steele looked pretty good on Friday night against Calgary. This is his time to shine. So we'll see how the rest of the players do on this upcoming road trip. They have the Capitals on Monday, and then they have the Buffalo Sabres the day after. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission and talk about the youths. Yeah. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. Football is coming down to the wire. And of course, you have the NBA and the National Hockey League. All the lines for upcoming NHL games are at betonline.ag. If you use promo code Locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So, for example, if you make a first deposit of $250, you'll get a $125 deposit bonus using the promo code Locked On. Once again, that's betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and just want to give a quick shout-out. The music that you're hearing right now is from the Mad Hat Hucksters, a local San Diego band. I know I cover the San Diego Gulls on here, so this is kind of a nice little treat from, once again, the Mad Hat Hucksters. All right, so we're going to talk about the youths right now. Last night was a big night for some of the younger guys. Obviously, not just the younger guys on the Anaheim Ducks. Yes, Trevor Zegras had a good night. Jamie Drysdale had a pretty good night. No, not those youths. I'm talking about the youths playing in juniors right now. And we're going to start with the West Coast, the best coast, the WHL. Because I feel like I have to start with Olin Zellweger, who had a monster, monster game last night with the Everett Silvertips. Olin Zellweger scored, get this. Six points. You heard that right. He had a six-point night last night against the Tri-City Americans in an 8-2 to route. You heard that right. An 8-2 to final score. Everett just completely dominated them pretty much all game. And Olin Zellweger got one goal and five assists. You heard that right. Five assists. This was just a sick, sick game by, honestly, one of the better young men on the league right now. So, got to give props to Olin Zellweger. Six points on the night against Tri-City. That's his biggest output of the season by far. Before that game, his biggest output was just three nights ago against Spokane. He had a three-assist night. But six points, oh boy, a plus seven on the night. Right now, in 19 games, he has 26 points. Let me repeat, 26 points for the 18-year-old. By the way, birth date, September 10th, awesome. So Olin Zellweger, the 18-year-old, 26 points. Second in the WHL for defenseman points. This is a very offensive-minded defenseman. But not only that, I've mentioned this in the past, his skating ability is bar none. 
one of the best skaters in this past NHL draft. And when he was out there for like maybe the two or, th- two or three minutes with Jamie Drysdale, oh boy, that was magical. Just imagine, if you will, if Zellweger can continue to develop the way he is. Can you imagine seeing Zellweger and Drysdale on the same defensive pairing? They would skate circles around everybody. So once again, 26 points, 19 games, second in the WHL in defenseman points. And right now, he's even doing well as far as total league stats. He's fifth in the WHL in assists in general. So there you go. Uh, There are three Winnipeg Ice that are in the top three in assists. And speaking of the Winnipeg Ice... The next player I want to talk about is Gage Alexander. And I'm going to give a shout out to a loyal fan here who follows on LO underscore Ducks and who listens to the podcast. Going to give a quick shout out to Cecilia. Uh, Cecilia, who's a big Jamie Drysdale fan, happened to be at the Winnipeg Ice game yesterday and definitely gave them some good luck, wore her Anaheim Ducks shirt. So thanks, Cecilia, for the support. Thanks for listening. Always, always appreciated. Gage Alexander Having a terrific season with the Winnipeg Ice in 13 games. He's got a 922 save percentage, a 193 goals against. Another victory for him in last night's game. The Winnipeg Ice, one of the better teams in the WHL. And this was last night's game against, I want to say it was the Saskatoon Blades, if I remember correctly, where Alexander got the win last night. I do remember seeing her Twitter that they did win. So I know that Gage Alexander did get the win. That's for sure. Right now, his goals goals against average is under two. That's really good. That's among the league leaders. His record right now, 12 and one. One game. He's only lost one game. The 6-6 netminder, as I've mentioned, amazing versatility, great flexibility, Big body just like another certain goaltender who is also 6'6", Andre Vasilevsky. There's a little bit of Vasilevsky in this kid's game. He's only 19 years old. Lucky for the Ducks to have a great pipeline of goaltending prospects. I've talked about Luka Dostal. Ole Eriksson-Eck is a great backup. Gage Alexander, right there. Right there among great goaltenders. So got to give him his props, and that's a quick look at the WHL. Oh, by the way, before I get to the other league, Sean Chagall, five shorthanded goals leading the WHL so far this season. He's, of course, playing for the Calgary Hitmen. So let's talk about the Ontario Hockey League really quick, and there's really two players to talk about. Mason McTavish, who's right now with the Peterborough Peets, they are not playing this weekend due to COVID, so we're not going to talk about McTavish this weekend but I'm sure I'll talk about McTavish again at some other point but he did get a hat trick recently I did mention this but the other player I want to mention is Sasha Pastujov who last night had another terrific game did score a goal against Sioux they do play tonight the Guelph Storm do play tonight against the Saginaw Spirit so we'll see if he can get another goal he's got a two game point streak So far in 22 games, you ready for this? He's got 33 points. Woo, híjole. Sasha Pastrujov is second in the OHL in goals, right behind Luke Evangelista of the London Knights. And tied with 19, Ty Kartai of the Sioux Greyhounds. So Sasha Pastrujov looking extremely good 
with the Guelph Storm. That skating, like I've said time and time again, the skating is getting better and better. And once again, he's only 18 years old as well. Ducks fans, the future looks bright. The future looks extremely bright, especially with Sasha being a third-round pick. That could be a steal. Zellweger, that could be an immense steal. So good for these kids. And I'm just going to say it because I want to say it. Let the kids play. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to this special Saturday podcast. It is greatly appreciated. And I appreciate all of you listening. And we're only three weeks away from Christmas. So I just want to send a little bit of cheer to everyone. Three weeks away. Yeah. And hey, three weeks away and the Ducks are still in third place. How about that? All right. Don't forget that you can follow this podcast wherever you get them. It's free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple, Google, Podbean, among others. Twitter, personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Also, also, drop me a line. My email is LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Once again, thank you all so very much. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the weekend. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.